0: You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. HSBC is all about opening up a world of opportunity for its customers, investors, and the planet. Among their comprehensive range of banking services includes wealth and personal banking that supports individuals in taking care of their day-to-day finances and managing, protecting, and growing their wealth. Vietnam has over 170,000 students attending schools overseas, and allowing high school, college, and university students to go abroad is a massive deal as it requires financial management to save up for the future hsbc premier recently launched a new scholarship program called giving wings to your ambition to study abroad in partnership with idp a global leader in international education services in this episode of vietnam innovators we are joined by a leader with in-depth business insights on wealth and personal banking Permath rajendron head of wealth and personal banking at hsbc vietnam to give us an overview of their latest initiative that enables the next generation to reach new heights in their education. What's up guys, it's your host, How here for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. Thanks so much for tuning in. Vietnam Innovators wouldn't be here without you. And of course, all of our sponsors for this episode and, and this entire show and season. Um, today, we're welcoming a guest, his name's Bruma. He's the head of Wealth Personal Banking. You can call it Consumer Banking. Consumer Banking at HSBC, which has been around for 151 years. I, I met your colleague, Tim Evans, the other day. You yeah. he- mentioned HSBC was the first bank in Vietnam, yeah. 151 years. That's pretty insane. Um, a lot of people were surprised. I post that on my Facebook and LinkedIn. Couldn't believe it. Um, but it's indeed true. Uh, HSBC has got a rich history here um, and we want to learn from their team about what What they're doing and what they're up to. Um, Pramath, um, today's episode, I, you know, there's a lot to cover here today, but the one that we really want to focus on is HSBC's an international bank. Um, its identity, its customers and how, how it operates is very much around that mindset, having this borderless mindset. Um, would love to dive deep into that. But before we do that, um, I'd love to hear more about you, um, you know, why you're in Vietnam. It's been a number of years, I understand. and yeah, let's, let's show that first.
1: Well, why am I here? You just answer the first question. Uh, look after the consumer lending, the consumer banking business for HSBC. Um, I am actually born Indian. Um, I'm in the international in one sense, um, in similar to the organization I work for, which is HSBC. Um, I was naturalized Australian, been to Hong Kong. My wife is Singaporean. Um, and then there was an opportunity that came in Vietnam. So given. HSBC, uh, its global presence and the uh, aspiration that we had for Vietnam is something that we wanted to drive um, the overall presence of HSBC from a consumer banking perspective um, in take it to the next level of our growth. So, Hens, I uh, was one of the guys, um, they asked me to come in to lead that part of the business to take it to the next level. Um, and so far, so I'm going so to... good.
0: For the consumer kind of customers here in Vietnam. Why bank with HSBC, like, um, you know, being an international bank, what are some advantages that consumers really have and enjoy when working with an international team and group of bankers?
1: I think HSBC is unique in itself. So we're not trying to be the bank for everyone. Um, and in overall, the brand presence and our global connectivity is our strength. Um, traditionally, if you see, and I'll take myself as an example, um, I'm an internationalist or an international-minded person going around uh, from a career perspective um, and also from a family perspective, as I mentioned, I've got ties into different countries as well. So I have my uh, mortgage in Australia. I have my mortgage in India. Um, I have my wife's extended family in Singapore. As a result, a bank like HSBC is something which enables me to help in terms of facilitating your overall financial needs uh, across from a global perspective. Um, and that's predominantly the strength of HSBC. And if you look at Vietnam overall, why HSBC? Um, there is three distinct segments you can actually break it down into. Um, you got the overall ultra high net worth segment yeah. uh, and you got the mass affluent um, and you got more of the personal banking segment. And if you look at it more from ultra high net worth and uh, the mass affluent, and uh, it could be applicable more for you or for um, most of the people in the segments. Everyone aspires to send their kids overseas to study. Everyone, uh, a number of people, alternate, high net worth have actually seen, uh, who had their kids overseas and they have actually come back and taken over the business. I mean, um, driving the legacy here in Vietnam. So HSBC as a bank, we actually are able to facilitate the financial um, needs of those customers to be able to satisfy um, their requirements there. And overall, from a personal banking perspective as well, uh, may not be
0: as uh, necessary, as clear for a number of people. Yourself and your career, um, you're talking about, uh, you know, you have assets and, and kind of life everywhere that you've been. Yeah. Uh, mortgages, I think you said specifically. Um, what were some key lessons that you learned from moving around so much? And, and how do you think that's useful for Vietnamese today to start thinking about having a borderless mind?
1: Absolutely. I think um, I can actually pinpoint three key things um, that is important, that you will actually grasp from having an internationalist mindset. The first one is being comfortable with change. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us are comfortable uh, in the environment we uh, live in, but with an international mindset, and it's an acquired mindset, and I can talk about it a bit later, either as acquired or as formed, there is a distinction there. Um, you, you are comfortable, you're actually packing your entire family, um, you're packing your current uh, career and actually moving to an entirely new country and um, being comfortable to be able to navigate through that environment and still to um, achieve your aspirations and uh, goals. So that, that's the first key thing that you do um, and that you acquire. The second one is more about embracing different cultures. Um, and it's probably as someone you yourself have been in the US and in Vietnam, it's quite different in terms of the cultural, be it more from a personal perspective or in terms of professional perspective. Um, and I, I can give a particular example. Um, if you're, if I'm in Australia uh, on a professional environment, um, there, there, can be a meeting with a lot of healthy debates within the meeting room. Um, but in Vietnam, perhaps you may want to actually attune your style, um, a, a slightly differently. Which is embraced within the culture in Vietnam in itself. So, and from a personal perspective as well, is like in your personal life, the lifestyle and the culture of the people is entirely different. So those things you helps you to adapt to different environment and different circumstances and still navigating to ensure that you're achieving the your best. So those are two key things. And then the last thing is more importantly vital is you start valuing more diversity Um, and different markets have and different geographies have their own versions of diversity but when you have the global exposure and you're looking at how diversity is perceived in australia how diversity is perceived in hong kong um it broadens your exposure and you start to value diversity even more Um, and also it's more about the collective Ideas they gain, and collectively, how you can achieve towards the collective aspirations. So, those are three things I would probably say from a personal perspective why it's beneficial to have an international mindset and also be more internationally oriented.
0: I think it's a huge competitive advantage, especially for the Vietnamese that can um, take up that perspective, especially if, if they haven't already, given the direction that Vietnam is going. Yeah. Um, it's globally much more important than it was five years ago. Yeah, I think I just read a something like the U.S. and Vietnam trade, something like 100 billion, was mm-hmm. it, dollars of trade a year? That's enormous. Um, I mean, uh, what are the implications for for like wealth generation here in Vietnam and, and, and growth opportunities for young people? Why start now rather than later?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole economy um, and globally, it's not just particular to Vietnam and the U.S., it's we are more and more globalized. And when you're having more and more globalization, the interactions you're having is with a variety of people, a variety of different backgrounds, a variety of nationalities. Um, and it's important to have that mindset purely because, one, um, it's easy to connect and communicate and interact for a person from Vietnam to pick up the phone and talk or get on a Zoom call and talk to someone in the US. Mm-hmm. And also connect in a common language um, in a sense is, which is acceptable from a cultural point of view, be it for Vietnam and also from U.S. point of view. That's a big win-win, because that in itself actually then opens up the door to how you have uh, the conversation and come to a consensus the outcome, because sometimes it's just more uh, a lack of understanding of the other culture, a lack of understanding of the other um, the, the the attitudes and behaviors of the people in that other culture can actually be a blocker in some of these conversations. And as as you, you would probably know, and with all the um, meetings you had, usually it's about the first five minutes and in terms of having a connect with a person. Mm. And it's important to have that personal rapport, be it from business perspective or in terms of uh, a personal perspective.
0: Pramal, we talked about uh, cultivating this international mindset, Why why it's important. Is it actually happening? Are we seeing Vietnamese Uh, banking consumers, retail consumers um, actually adopting this mindset and preparing themselves for it.
1: I think more than from a banking consumer's perspective, I'll speak broader in terms of the people I've seen in Mm. Vietnam. Um, Is it happening? Absolutely yes. Um, Is it trending towards um, an incremental trajectory? Um, And the answer is absolutely yes as well. And why do I say that? Um, If I just connect back to one of the answers I was giving earlier, I see a lot of people um, who actually sent their kids overseas. um, And with that, they get a bit more of a global and broader exposure, and they come back to Vietnam. Um, Some stay, some come back. Um, And in your case, you're born in the US, or you come back. And this in itself, it broadens up and gives you that international mindset. And what you also see is a growing number of people now more open to traveling, exploring, just to get a perspective from a different culture um, and have that. In, in other words, I'll probably define internationalists as someone who kind of mean defines what it means to thrive for their family or for personally or for the broader community or for the businesses. And the example I'll probably give is um, in itself is if you take me as an example, I had a career in Australia, but I defined what it means for me um, and I moved to, I was okay to move to Hong Kong, entirely new. And that gave me in a broader exposure um, across Asia Pacific. And that's what landed me in Vietnam. Without actually having that broader exposure across Asia Pacific, I wouldn't have been able to come from Australia to Vietnam to- and to connect it back to the people here, is what I'm also seeing is an incremental number of people embracing the opportunity to go study overseas, um, to go work overseas, and uh, work and then come back and set up a business here. So it's definitely in the right trend, uh, in an incremental trend. So it's absolutely happening right now. And it's happening
0: across in Southeast Asia a lot as well. Is, is Vietnam amongst the, the largest in Southeast Asia or Asia in general? I've read, I've read numbers. I mean, I'm curious, especially from the financial side investments and all that. Um, but Vietnam is the number one source of students to the U.S. Uh, from Southeast Asia. So it actually outnumbers Indonesia, even Singapore, despite, uh, you know, a, a quite a big gap in terms of GDP per capita. Um, are, we, are we seeing uh, that in general?
1: Um, we are, we are. Uh, rather going into the specifics of the numbers, what I'll probably say is Vietnamese diaspora um, has one of the largest diaspora of Vietnamese outside Vietnam. is yes. actually is in the US. Um, and the key corridors you'll probably see is in the US, um, Canada, um, in the UK, and also now growingly in terms of um, Australia and, and the APAC region. Um, and this is, this is a classic piece in terms of how people are embracing international mindset and also something us as a bank have been helping and promoting and facilitating the financial needs of people. Um, I recall the days when I was actually a student and when I had to come from India to Australia, my father used to give me traveler's checks and I used to go to a bank to actually end cash it. And then I don't have a bank account and I need to actually hold it as cash at my home. Versus now, um, from a HSBC point of view, uh, we would be able to enable you before you actually land in another country to study, you can actually open your bank accounts from here and as a HSBC Premier account, if uh, if your parents are a Premier, you have your Premier One, Premier All, which is Um, The children also get the premier status, so you get recognized for all the banking privileges that you get from Vietnam. You get the same in the UK
0: as well. Excellent. There's certain groups of people that are able to study abroad, bring businesses back here. Not everyone can do that, obviously. Um, With that said, there's a a large segment of Vietnamese who are very wealthy or or even are curious about starting businesses and and growing their wealth that have never stayed. Um, But I'd like to hear your comments about the rising trends in terms of uh, especially this group, in terms of personal investment. investment. How how are they thinking differently uh, or will they think differently in the next few years compared to to today?
1: I think one of the things that's underpinning um, the growth of Vietnam is one of the key pillars is rising middle income class. And and one of the stats I was just reading across um, is the per capita income in Ho Chi Minh and Hanoi, if you look at it five years behind from prior to 2021, to 2021, it's increased by 50%. Um, and similarly, looking ahead, there's a possibility of another 50% increase. So that's driving and that gives credence to the story in terms of the, the growing middle class. And if you look at markets such as India or China, classic examples where the growing middle class, really is a key driver behind your economic growth in itself. So that's from a macro perspective. But with that as an individual perspective, is you also have starting to have complex financial needs. Um, You also start to look at um, complex savings instruments. Um, And some of it could be in the form of additional investments, um, such as parking some money every now and then, in an investment linked insurance product, or in terms of actually starting to get... um, a frequent on a regular um parker of money into the stock markets, mm-hmm. so what you see that, and um uh, these are things that will come and in Vietnam, what you're seeing that is already started as well, along with that growing trend of the growing middle class um mm-hmm. if you see the stock markets, a number of retail investors in the stock market, they just started to go on a
0: what an incremental trajectory. I think it was like one million accounts added, yes exactly uh, this mm-hmm. year, which is outpacing like the last five years combined exactly exactly oh
1: i was going to come to that and i was just sometimes the numbers are actually too humongous (laughs) to a certain extent um but it indicates to you that people are getting more sophisticated um, and they want to have a diverse um, avenue of instruments to invest their finances in from to create wealth perspective and equally what you'll also see is yes maybe not everyone will be sending their kids overseas um maybe not this generation, maybe for that particular generation, maybe in the next generation, or maybe five years later, 10 years later, the second kid goes. And, and what that also happens is they start to look for um, a broader um, wealth creation from an overseas perspective as well. Um, and the classic example is what I was just giving me from Australian mortgage. Mm. Um, in the particular senses, people start to look at, okay, do we buy an apartment for my son who was studying overseas so that after they finish studies, they actually have a place to live. And it's also a form of wealth creation. And traditionally in Asia, you will see, and including Vietnam is no where we have an affinity towards real estate. Um, and that those are different instruments for which, both overseas and also locally, people look for avenues to invest and start growing their wealth.
0: Oh, well, talking about traditional versus what's happening in the future, real estate, I think, will stay and will, will remain. Um, but there's a demand, especially on the banking side, uh, for things like personalization. Um, I'd love to hear what HSBC is doing to, uh, you know, make sure it's innovating and catching up with that innovation and those trends. Um, is HSBC, like, what are some big initiatives in regards to that?
1: I think um, personalization, we've been actually the pioneer of doing that. Um, if you actually look at HSBC Premiere as a first Uh, premier service for ultra-high networks and affluent segments that we rolled out in the market. Uh, Now it's quite common across a number, but our proposition is still unique in the sense that it is not just a proposition um, tailored to just the mass affluent uh, from a naming and branding perspective, but it's purely the full suite. Um, It enables you uh, for those people who have the international connectivity and the international aspirations Um, we as an international bank, that is our strength, Um, unrivaled, unparalleled. So we offer um, the capabilities to help facilitate the financials. So that's one example. And what we did recently is just a a Premier, we refreshed our Premier proposition. We rolled it out as something called Premier 2.0. And that's also dedicated to some of the emerging trends as we see is um, for if you have a premier account as a parent and your children will also have can get the premier account um, so that facilitates so those are more customization and tailoring that we're constantly refreshing and if you also look at um, some of the other products and propositions that we do more from a personal banking perspective and also from a, um, a credit cards perspective if you look at see uh, we, we've also been we're one of the leading market shareholders from a credit cards perspective um, and the products that we have put in the market um, is arguably um, still one of the best. Um, and uh, from an overall propositioning perspective for people um, who are um, normal professional employ- uh, employees, um, we come out with uh, banking smart at work. So that's just more a comprehensive banking solution, which helps in terms of What are the key financial needs for a person uh, who actually goes to work Um, and the proposition is centered around it and actually benefits and it's tailored exactly to the
0: customer's needs. Well, we're wrapping up uh, our our interview here and um, learning session from off. Uh, One big point that a lot of our our audience and readers are always curious about are the financial complexities of having this internationalist borderless mindset kind of lifestyle. Um, in Vietnam here, especially, we uh, have those set of challenges, but we'd love to hear from you in terms of general tips and advice you could give for those um, kind of navigating. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think uh, probably I would probably summarize it to three key sets of challenges, and it applies not just to um, people in Vietnam, but mm-hmm. it pro- applies to everyone who has got an international mindset. And, um, and the first set is about the information. Normally, and you, we spoke about uh, the HSBC expat um, explorer survey, understanding in terms of the market, how is it as an expat, the country to live in and sourcing information around what does a typical ranch look like, how does it um, look like from a cultural perspective, from a, a food perspective, lifestyle perspective. So those are things, uh, collecting the information is the first part um, and there are tools and avenues through which we can get it like the Expat Explorer Survey. Um, the second is the support that you require because when you do want to actually move to another country or you're trying to drive, be from a financial or from a non-financial, um, it's knowing to reach out to the people and that's where you have dedicated relationship managers within HSBC in itself, which helps you in terms of providing that uh, tailored service and helps in terms of your individual circumstances, how does it work, and they will help facilitate on what can be done and what can't be done. Um, The last thing is about you as a person, as an international being able to manage your finances end-to-end conveniently. Uh, And I, I think what is the date today? Today is the 1st of December. My mortgage is due on the 3rd of December. And I need to be able to transfer the money across or in terms of ensuring that I know when the due dates are, be it in Australia or be it in India or be it in terms of when my pay comes in Vietnam. So having the ability to have all those accounts in a single platform. So you have visibility and also have the ability to manage it efficiently, Mm. which you do at the fingertips of a mobile app. So those are the three things, which I think are the
0: complexities, but there is also solutions to it. Very good. Lots of solutions. Lots of challenges, though, too, of course, but uh, more solutions, hopefully. Um, Pramath, um, again, we're ending uh, the end of our show here. I'd love to hear from you any final comments that you'd love to share about this international mindset um, and perhaps more specifically in Vietnam, um, not just for individuals, but for companies, what's some parting words that you can offer to them in terms of having this borderless mindset?
1: I think international mindset, again, you are, as I call it, internationalist. In general, it's just you can categorize it having an open-mindedness, um, always curious, um, and looking at opportunities. Um, and it's, in a nutshell, looking at opportunities uh, not bound by borders to achieve your aspirations and ambitions and success. Um, And both for individuals and corporates, it applies. And I see a lot of examples of great examples in Vietnam. I uh, saw a recent notable manufacturer in Vietnam actually going into US. Um, And that's just a great example of an international mindset. Um, And also from individuals we spoke a lot about. Um, So the more we embrace it, the more we adopt it, um, it actually equips us better. And I think I was going to say um, earlier in the conversation, I said it's either an acquired or a formed mindset. And I'll probably elaborate on how that is done. Um, for me, it is more an acquired mindset. Um, and for my elder son, it's probably a formed mindset. And the distinction is. When I was in India, I was proactively looking to go overseas, to study, Mm. to gain that exposure. And through that, I acquired that mindset. And moving to Hong Kong was the same rationale. This is for my son. Um, He's been in Australia. He's been in Hong Kong. He's been in Vietnam. He's been following me around. And he's only about eight or nine years old. So for him, it's a formed mindset. Um, He considers himself a global citizen he has his natural lean towards his country. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he considers the best. He knows what's how to get the best out of both worlds. So that's the difference between a quiet and informed mindset. And I'll probably, from our personal
0: point of view, I think all of us um, looking from an international mindset just accept better as a person. Amazing. Thank you for sharing, Pramath. Uh, for our audience, you might know that Vietcetera's mission is to bring Vietnam to the world and the world to Vietnam. And what better? And then to capture the stories of that and companies leading that initiative, especially HSBC here in Vietnam. Vermont, thank you to you and, and, and your team for helping navigate these financial challenges here in Vietnam. Uh, for, for those of you working with HSBC, um, thank you so much for joining today's show. A welcome pleasure. And thank you for having me here. It has been a pleasure to talk to another internationalist. Yes, yes. That's, that's one way to phrase it um, internationalist. Um, I'm going to be putting that in the next team meeting, et cetera. Thank you, Vermont. Great. Thank you. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovators series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetera's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Hey guys, good news. Vietcetera has now officially rolled out a mobile app for Android. Now you can download our mobile app on both the Apple iOS Store and the Google Play Store right now. More functions are coming very soon, so stay on the lookout.